May 31st, 2020, Pentecost Sunday. The title of the sermon is God's Empowering Presence, preached today by the Reverend Hugh Davis at Sandy Parish Church in Bedfordshire. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful Sunday morning, the Sunday of Pentecost, when we remember the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church. A few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. Jesus spent the next six weeks with his disciples. He came back to them a number of times on that Sunday morning. He rose from the dead, spoke to Mary, and said that he would meet with the disciples in the afternoon. He met with two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and then on that Sunday night, he met them again in the upper room. Later on, as we remembered last week, he met them at the Sea of Galilee and cooked fish for them and talked with them over breakfast and he restored Peter and forgave him and helped him to forgive himself. Very powerful stories and a number of times he met with them over those six weeks and it finally came to the place where Jesus was to leave them for good. And so we have the ascension and 50 days after the Feast of Passover, when Jerusalem was again crowded with tens of thousands of people from all across the known world, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. Jesus said, wait for the Spirit to come, and when he comes, he will fill you with power so that you will be able to speak of me and preach and explain so that people will know and be able to receive the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit themselves. Sometimes uh, family households have the rule that if I cook the dinner, then somebody else has to do the washing up. We share it. We share out the chores around the house. But if I just go around the house saying, it's not my turn, it's not my job to do that, that's only part of what I've learned. What I need to learn is to internalize the purpose of these things so that I begin to love. I need to do it and want to do it, not out of compulsion, because I must, but because I love you, because it's the right thing to do, the best thing to do, the kindest thing to do, and because we are a team. You play your part and I'll play my part. We share this together. Wouldn't be fair for one person to wait upon the other hand and foot whether that's a husband or a wife or a partner or a child not learning to do their part. So it is with the followers of Jesus. Now they were walking with him and then he was to leave them and he said, now I will come to be within you. The Holy Spirit who has been with you will now come to live within you. I don't know about you, but I quite enjoy the odd bar of chocolate. If I was walking on a camping trip and I was to fill my rucksack with chocolate, I would be a very happy bunny. But only to a point. Carrying it on my back is so much of a burden. I would much rather, as the weekend goes by, just have this bar of chocolate and then that bar of chocolate, and the chocolate, instead of being with me, becomes part of me. It becomes in me. And that's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. You have him with you, but wouldn't it be great if he was in you? touching your heart, touching your mind, helping you to know how to live and how to act. So Jesus that last night explained, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be arrested, and when I go, you don't need to be afraid. I won't leave you comfortless, I will come to you. I, I won't leave you as orphans, but I will send the Holy Spirit and he will come to you. 
Who is this Holy Spirit? It's described in different parts of the scriptures as the Spirit of God, the mind of God, the, the heart of God, the, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. What Jesus did, he did in the power of the Spirit. And so if you like Jesus, if you like his character, if you like what Jesus did and said, then you will love the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. He is, Jesus used a, a, a word here for him. It's the only place in the New Testament where this word is used, uh, apart from in one of John's letters, the first letter of John. He, he uses this word, the paraclete. The Holy Spirit will come. He is the paraclete. He is the comforter. It's difficult to translate the word paraclete. It means the one who comes alongside to help. So sometimes it's translated as counsellor or lawyer or barrister. If you were in a court of law, you might need a barrister. If I was to trip over these steps right now, I would want a barrister to sue the church wardens because they should have warned me about this slippery step. In 1 John chapter 2, John writes, and he says, Now my children, I don't want you to sin, and you should do everything that you can in order not to sin. But I understand that all of us do. You fool nobody but yourself if you say that you never have sinned or never done anything wrong. But when you do, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. We have an advocate, we have a lawyer, a barrister, we have a paraclete who will speak on our behalf and will say to the Father, Father, this man has done this, he has sinned, but I on the cross took his sin upon myself and the price has been paid and forgiveness has been given. We have one who speaks on our behalf, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so Jesus says, the paraclete will come. Not just a barrister. If I trip over this step, I don't just need a barrister. Before I need the barrister, I would need a paramedic, if you don't mind. I would need somebody to come alongside and help me up. And after I've had the paramedics to come, the paraclete, the helper, I, I would not want the paramedics to stay around for too long. Because when I go home, Two or three days later, I need shopping in Tesco. I don't need an ambulance person to come along. I need a home help. I need somebody to do the cleaning for me, to do the washing up for me, to help me make meals just while my leg is healing. One who gives me strength and encouragement and speaks to me and, and does all the things that help my recovery. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is the paraclete. This is the one who comes alongside to help. This is the spirit of Jesus, for he is also our paraclete. 1 John chapter 2, John chapter 14, 15, 16. Jesus says the paraclete will come, the Holy Spirit will come, and he will help you. What a beautiful thing, the Holy Spirit. And not just outside, but inside, so that like the bar of chocolate, it comes within us. It used to be with us. He used to be with us. The Holy Spirit used to be with us. But now he has come to live within us. And he is another like Jesus. The word paraclete means the one who comes alongside to help. But Jesus uses another word just before that. He says another paraclete, another counsellor, another helper. 
And it doesn't just mean another different, it means another the same. So that if there were two cars outside the church this morning and I was to say to you that there's one car on this side of the road and there's another car on the other side of the road, I would use two different Greek words if I was saying there's a BMW on this side of the road and there is a Mini on the other side of the road. That's one car here and another different car over there. But if it was two cars that are identical, two Ford Mondeos, I would say there is a car on this side of the road and there is a car on that side of the road, using a Greek word that means the same sort of car. And that's the word that Jesus uses when he says there will be another paraclete who will come alongside to help. Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover, tens of thousands of people were gathering to celebrate the giving of the law through Moses. Now the Spirit is to be outpoured and the power to keep the law, the power to do what's right, the power to live well, that power is to be given through the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Jesus said to them, wait for the Holy Spirit to come, Acts chapter 1. Wait, because when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses throughout Jerusalem and all the ends of the earth. And the Spirit, it says, fell like tongues of fire resting upon their, their heads. And those tongues of fire made their tongues come alive, became tongues of fire. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. What a great hymn. That's the Pentecost hymn. For Peter and the others began to feel a burning in their heart that they couldn't stop. And they just had to say with others, this is the Savior. This is the one whom we love and who loves you. He cares about you. He is there to be your paraclete, your helper when you fall, your lifter up when you need strength, and the one who speaks and does away with shame and brings you into a new place of forgiveness and strength and vision and dreams. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, he comes upon us as individuals, but sometimes collectively he comes upon us as communities as well a group of individuals that make community. We can be Christians on our own, but we can't be church on our own. To be church, we have to be together. Ecclesia, the word ecclesiastical, means together, the called together people. You can be an individual Christian, but you should be part of a church, part of a group of people who are living out the Christian life together. You can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, emboldened by the Holy Spirit. You can be renewed by the Holy Spirit. But when that happens, not only to individuals, but happens to us as a community, that we call revival. It's not a promise that I'm making to you. It's not a promise that is man-made. It is a promise from Jesus and from God himself, described as the promise of the Father. And if we will ask if we will say please, if we will open our hearts and our hands to God and say, Holy Spirit, would you come upon me as you did in the days of old? Would you transform my heart? Would you lift me up? Would you strengthen me? Would you cause me to live well? Come Holy Spirit, come upon me today on this Pentecost Sunday. May it be a defining moment in my life when you come, you touch my heart, Come and live within me. No longer a religion on my back, 
but a living presence in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. Teach me about your grace and make me contagious to others. When you have your Sunday lunch, with your glass of juice and your baked beans on toast or roast potatoes and chicken, whatever it is, why not invite Jesus to dinner with you? As he came to the Last Supper with his disciples and six weeks later poured out his Holy Spirit in that same upper room so that they would go and transform the world and be transformed by the presence of God. May God bless you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. May you know his presence every day and may his hope overflow in you so that you might comfort others with the comfort that you yourself have received. Bless you. Thank you for joining me today. Do visit our website at sandyparishchurch.org for the text of this sermon, other inspiring videos and podcasts, and also to donate to the work of the church here at Sandy in Bedfordshire.